Welcome everybody to the Chosen Life Podcast. I'm your host, the Chosen Lawyer, and today we have a treat and treat and treat for you. For those of you that go by your grocery store, go to a supplement store and you know look for a healthy lifestyle and think, you know, what am I going to put into my body? Chances are you've seen it or you've used Perfect Sports. Today we have the man, the man living the lifestyle, bringing the lifestyle. You know, we hear the name Bruce. You may think Bruce Wayne, Bruce Lee. For me, it's Bruce Calero. Bruce, welcome to The Chosen Life. That's a great intro, dude. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And you're a real busy guy. I know I see you on social media. You're either supporting your fighters out there. You're uh, launching new products. You know, the, night, the new uh, Easter uh, flavor uh, nice. diesel. Uh, you bring a lot of great things to the world. And for you to take the time for us today, we really, really appreciate it. Pleasure's mine, man. So tell me, Bruce, uh, last couple of weeks, uh, you've been out and about. Uh, how's life been for you and uh, recent developments uh, from your world? Well, I mean, the environment is certainly different than it ever has been. You, you got to just do what you can in order to keep moving forward, no matter what the situation is within and without. You just got to keep your eye on the prize and keep moving forward. But life is good, man. You, you And that is based on how you choose to look at things. You can turn around and say, life is crap. My life is miserable. Uh, this is shit. This is bad. This is bad. Or you can decide to say, you know what? Focus on what you have as opposed to what you don't have. So for the, for the viewers out there, it's interesting because we were talking about this uh, before we started today. And uh, we were aligned from a different world mm -hmm. and uh, we were training out of the same facility and I heard the name, you know, a million times and we never actually formally met. This is our first meeting today. Yes. But it's funny because I meet you. I feel like I know you. I feel like we've spoken a thousand times. Yeah, it's and energy, man. It, when, you, when you put that energy out into the world and you see that energy, you get attracted to that energy, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, for sure. That's why sometimes you're around people and you just don't feel comfortable, right? Yeah. There's that just sort of unease. And there's some people that you just feel like nice. That's good. That I feel good around this person. That's that's all energy. Yeah, and, and that's the energy you put out there, you know. And I feel like I, I've known you. I feel like I spend time with you because you put you put your world out there, you know. You expose your personal side of things, and you, you're saying, you know, here I am. I'm at this location, that location. I'm here supporting my fighters. I'm here uh, showing the launch of the new product. You're putting yourself out there, and people are relating to you, you know. And it's not always an easy thing for people. Some people don't want to show the, their, their identity whatsoever. And you and I were debating this as we were starting today. And in, in my mind, you are a humble person. You, you're proud of your accomplishments. You're proud of who you are, but you're still putting all the branding. You put all the other people, your team, almost ahead of you. And well, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my team. Like I don't say people work for me. I say I work with my people. Um, I, my coach actually said uh, a couple of weeks ago that he thought I was humble. I, I don't get that from me. I, you know, I've been called arrogant and cocky and abrasive. And um, I just, I don't see the humility aspect of my personality. But what I do think is that I do have gratitude for what I have. And so perhaps that is what you're seeing as humility. Well, today, in today's episode, when, I, when I'm thinking of a guest and I'm thinking of topics and who's going to come on The Chosen Life, as I've expressed to you when we were talking initially and as far as when, I, when I'm putting out to the world, it's people that are either living the chosen life or wanted to live the chosen life. 
in, in the episode prior to yours, I interviewed Dan Milstein, who is a well-known hockey agent. He represents uh, pretty much uh, all or most of the Russian hockey players out there. And he's a very big name out there. And he was telling, and I was asking him, you know, what's your future, Dan? Where do you see yourself going? He said to myself, I'm not sure yet when I grow up what I want to be. Nice. And he's very much established. He's a, he's a best-selling author, you nice. know, producer. He's got many, many arenas that he's involved in besides the hockey agency part. And, you know, when I look at you and, I, and when I'm hearing your story, I think to myself, it's, it's, not, it's not different. You know, every, people who are entrepreneurs, successful, they are diverse. They are in multiple arenas and they're not stopping. When I think to myself, what I want to be when I grow up, I'm looking on social media. I want to be Bruce. I want to be that entrepreneur. I want to be uh, training four times, 14 times a, a week. I want to be, uh, you know, uh, in the best shape of my life. I want to be inspiring others. I, I would love to have a company like Perfect Sports. I want to be a lifestyle photographer. Like you are literally living everybody's dream. How does that feel sometimes? Uh, I, I, Again, that's a huge compliment. I, I can't see that what I do. I mean, sometimes people see the the surface of what I do. So there's the shooting the models and you know hanging out with uh, with athletes and and everything else. And again, I go back on the fact that I couldn't be here if it wasn't for my my team, everyone that I work with. So. The fact that you said I train 14 times a week. Yeah, I do because I have a, a great team at Perfect Sports that allows me to take off and go train, you know, and with the, the photography and everything else that I do, it's just like, that's why we, we talked earlier prior to doing yes. the podcast about expressing gratitude. I, every morning I wake up and I, I, I go outside and I just breathe in the air and I just say thank you for, for what I've been given and what I have the opportunity to give back to people. A lot of people have come up to me saying, you know, you inspire me. And I'm like, I don't know why I inspire you, man. Like I don't, you know, some, a couple of weeks ago, a guy, uh, he's a pro boxer and he asked me how old I was. And, uh, I'm like, I'm 54. And he goes, dude, you look great. He goes, you're a f legend. You're 54. Yeah. I'm 54. I would have guessed we're the same age. I would have put you at least 10 years younger. Yeah. Incredible. I get that. I get that. But, um, you know, I'm now at that age, like you look good for your age, right? Which is no, you just look good, dude. Like, you know what? You can go sit in any, you can go down to LA fitness. You're in better shape than a 20 year old out there. Sure. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, but what I've done with my life is not magical. Anybody can do what I've done. Mm -hmm. I, like a, what the catchphrase for perfect sports is be great. Yes. That, and that basically can mean anything, just anything you do, do it with the intention of being great at it. Some people put um, importance on your position in life or the money that you make. That's that's nonsense, man. You're doing a crossword puzzle. Kill that thing, man. Be good at that. Like people should do everything with the intention of getting better. There's the 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 adage about you're only competing with yourself. To me, that's like I don't compete with myself. I compete to be better than everybody else out there. Yep. Uh, I'm not I'm not that sort of beta mentality where, you know, I just I'm going to get up and as long as I'm better than I was yesterday, no. You got to go out there and you got to hustle and you got to be better than everybody else because if you're not better than everybody else, those people are going to take what you've got in your life. And that's never going to happen. And that's really in every arena of life. When I'm Absolutely. hearing you, the alpha in me is just like clamoring right now to go and eat a steak and jump out this window and go do some pull-ups, you know? <laughs> Because it's interesting because, you know, take for example, as a lawyer, 
take it for example as a as a photographer there's always going to be somebody out there with Watch more experience you... they have more knowledge let's say they've sure. done it for longer mm-hmm. but i always say they're never effing going to outwork me ever right and that will always pull ahead like when i'm putting a team together i will take the hardest workers always ahead of the most talented 100 i'm not taking lazy people hard work beats talent every day of the week 100 so that being said let's jump into our first topic sure people that meet you on different arenas meet you on social see you through social media they could think oh he's, he's a photographer that's what we know him as mm-hmm. i could see him and say okay the guy trains you know he must be some sort of bodybuilder but first and foremost the first place i knew you from was perfect sports but I, I I take the I take the supplements. I love it. You, you know, I take my pre workout. I love you. my protein afterwards. Mm-hmm. And this is not an infomercial. This is facts. Like before I even knew you even existed and who you were, I tried all sorts of products. I have a very sensitive system out there. Yes. It's just the way it is. I have a very hard time digesting protein powders mm-hmm. and they don't react very well for me. But if you want to be in the world of bodybuilding and if you want to grow, they really make a difference. They do. For having clean, nice fuel into your body. Easily perfect sports. Yep. Perfect sports is the only thing that agreed with me. Thank you. And the only thing I saw consistent results. I wasn't getting sick of the taste because there was a variety of tastes. Yep. And and I loved it. And then when I learned as far as you that you were in the picture and it started to make sense, this guy is the embodiment of what a perfect sport is. So that being said, walk us through how did this company come to be? What is the history of perfect sports, please? Long story short, um, I used to own a number of pro shops and gyms. And I would be selling other people's products. At the same time, I was training to fight. Um, I trained at a club where a lot of the athletes in there were going to fight in pride in the UFC. So I had the intention of going to fight in pride. And at the same time, I... How long ago was this roughly? Oh, 96, 97. Okay, so a couple of years ago. Yeah, a couple of years. <laughs> and I had, all, I had five pro shops. And I came up with the idea of developing my own line to sell in my pro shops. Because... You know, I would take I would take a look at the products that are available, what what made them good, what made them weak, and I would basically take what made them good, try to make them better, and then I would capitalize on what made them weak. So I brought out a, a line called Supreme Supplements way back in the day, and I started selling it in my uh, in my pro shops, and then I had the idea of trying to get into a few local stores around the area. So I did that. I sold all the pro shops that I had, and I developed the line, and. I had the the great fortune of hooking up with uh, a couple of friends who used to work at uh, GNC. And so we basically had the opportunity to get it into GNC. But the problem was at the time, I believe there was a hundred GNCs. I had no way to sell to that many places. So I went to a distributor and introduced them to the line. And they're like, well, we don't want your line unless you have someone who will take it. So I went to GNC. I'm like, would you, are you interested in the line? And so I, I, Take, I took the money that I had, yes. I filled four stores or five stores for free. Okay. And if it sold well, then they would entertain the idea of bringing in the brand. The problem was, is I had no way to facilitate selling to a hundred stores at the time. So I basically pitched both of them against the other. I went to the distributor. I said, I'll give you GNC. I said, you're taking my line. I went to GNC. I said, I have a distributor. They'll be able to um, supply all your stores. And that's how it started. The, the pro shops, how long did you have those for? Uh, maybe three years prior to that, I owned a clothing company, a bodybuilding clothing company. And, uh, yes. prior to that, I was just working in advertising. I've never really worked for anybody outside of myself. I never like, I was never comfortable with the idea of being 
just limited to that paycheck that I'm going to make every two weeks. Yes. Like that's, that's slavery, man. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't do it. Not to say that there's anything wrong with it. There is a certain comfort in knowing yeah. that every two weeks you're getting your paycheck. And there's been, there's been times, man, when, and I've had some pitfalls where I went, I became a millionaire my first year and subsequently I lost it. I was deeply, deeply, deeply into debt. I was, mm -hmm. and, um, it's just like a fight. You get knocked down and you decide, okay, I'm out. Or you decide to put on your big boy pants and keep going. And I just refuse to go down. So you keep going. And, uh, but building up, building up those pro shops, for example, before going into perfect sports, yes. you know, you build the thing from ground up. It's yep. your baby. Yep. Do you get attachment to, to businesses? Do you get attachment when you build up something like that? And was it a hard thing to let it go no, and move to the next all. venture? Not or how, how does the mindset work in that? It, that? To me, that was just a means to the uh, to an end. I mean, the, the supplement, the company Perfect Sports, that's my baby. That, yes. um, because it, 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 it's what I believe, that, that statement of be great. Yes. You mentioned earlier how perfect sports uh, doesn't upset your, how diesel doesn't upset your stomach. Right. It's a very simple reason why not. Okay. Because yes. it's very easy for a company to put a lower quality protein in their product. Yes. And uh, let's just say we offer 26 grams of protein per serving. Mm -hmm. Let's just say I only put in 21. You're never going to know the difference. Your body is not going to know the difference. But I'm making that extra five grams of protein per scoop uh, in a, let's say, 20 serving container. That adds up. Sure. So then I could expand on that further. Instead of putting a, a high quality isolate, let me put a little lower grade isolate. You're never going to know. And unless there's a complaint with uh, Health Canada, nothing really happens. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of companies that cheat. They lie on the label. And oh, uh, that's just the, the way it is. So that's why there are people that like, you know, man, I, I took that protein and I had to run to the bathroom. Yeah. But my mentality has been, you can only screw somebody once. So let's say, just take a relationship between you and I. Let's say we're mm -hmm. gonna do something together yes. and I'm constantly screwing you over. Mm -hmm. You're either A, gonna tell me to go myself. Yes. You're gonna find a way to get back at me and screw me back. So where's the, what's the purpose of doing that? I've never understood screwing somebody. I, I just, I don't operate that way. A, I just don't think it's an honorable way to live, mm -hmm. but you're a store, there's your customer. I'm going to make sure that that customer is getting a great product. I'm going to make sure that you get a good margin of return on your investment. Mm -hmm. And you're going to continue to buy from me. I'm going to put forth a message that I truly believe in. And I think to me, that's a win-win scenario for everybody. He's going to be happy. You're going to be happy. And I'm going to be happy mm -hmm. knowing that I took care of you and I'm giving that guy his value for his money. So that being said, you know, pitting the distributor GNC, trying to get everything going as far as the distribution going, yep. getting the right stores set up, the, the, the quantity from that scenario to being in literally every possible outlet that could sell this product. Yeah, we're global now. We've expanded to other countries. Mind blowing, mind blowing. Mm. But it, but if you, if you don't have your drive, if you don't have your kahunas, yep. it doesn't happen that way. Sure. And there's points, you know, and mental health is a very real thing. You know, people get anxious. People, you know, when they're, when they're losing money, hemorrhaging money, they can get and fall into deep depression. Yep. You know, and I'm looking at the conditioning you are with your physical body being fit. I'm sure your mind is equally fit and you stuck to the game plan. So walk us through when GNC hits, how do we get it to a global it, dominant it didn't, brand? Uh, there we, with that brand, yes. which was called Supreme Supplements, there was a falling out with GNC, which subsequently oh. made a falling out with my distributor. That was a really bad day because, and I remember it was, Jan it was January, I believe, 2004. GNC pulled my brand. 
uh, my distributor stopped a, a $750,000 check that I was due. So I was, I was screwed. Yes. And there's a, a story about what happened that day. Me and uh, the president, Mike Haberman, we, I went to go see a bankruptcy lawyer yes. and my, I hadn't, I couldn't afford a haircut. So I went to like a, like a cheap haircutting place yes. and they screwed my hair up. Like it was just a mess. So I'm dealing with the fact that I'm, and, and, and also understand that I was living a life. Like I had, uh, the, the business had grown to, my ego was, was inflated. Yes. I was driving sports cars, wearing Armani suits. I had all the money. I was dating all the models. And then overnight I was like, dude, you're eating cans of tuna and ramen soup again. And again, it goes back to the fight mentality. Okay. You just got knocked out. You got really knocked out there. What are you going to do, bud? Get the fuck up. You, that's what you have to do. So that's what we did. And we just grew and grew and grew. So when that fallout happened, yes. that brand was done. Uh, that distributor was done. So I had to start from scratch, man. There Again. Was, there, from scratch. There was months I was making $5,000 a month. So I, at the time, Mike- And that's I, covering everything. That's not yeah, 5,000 in your pocket. No, man. That's like, I had to cover everything. <laughs> And, you know, again, like Mike, uh, he worked for free for six months. We were struggling, dude. Yes. It's a funny story that I was, uh, I told my, uh, the guys I work with on uh, Friday, I was so broke that I couldn't even dry wash or take my, my suits to the dry cleaners. Yes. So I stuck them in my, my own washer and dryer and screwed them up. Apparently you can't put suits in. Apparently not. No, apparently not. Right. Yes. So, but again, you just, you decide that. Nothing is stopping you from what you want. So when was the reincarnation of the company? And when, and when was actually, so Perfect Sports born from that failure? Yeah, Perfect Sports. Yeah. Well, Perfect Sports was the phoenix that came out of Supreme Supplements. Okay. And Roughly had, when was this, would you say? Maybe 2005, okay. 2006. Okay. And we, we came up with the idea of redoing, uh, doing a new brand yes. and we had to eke out a living. It was you know, just getting new stores. And keep in mind that these stores had already been burned by me with Supreme Supplements. Right, right. So I had, and I basically, I conducted myself like this with all the people that I owed money to and my suppliers. I went to everybody and I said, listen, I know I owe you X amount of dollars. You're either going to help me move past this and I'll pay you everything I owe you, or you're going to make my life difficult and I'm going to you for the money that I owe you. Right. And so there's some people that supported me yes. and I've been loyal and I grew with them and I paid yeah. back everybody. Mm -hmm. And the people that gave my, made my life difficult, I screwed them for the money. Bruce, it, you, you know, in that sense, you know, there's, you have to have knowledge. You have to have a game plan. But there, there has to be some luck in this. You know, everybody thinks that 100. luck is not involved at all is, is, is foolhardy. No, no, I am incredibly blessed. Because you life. have to have that. And I can tell you in the business world, I've been around it since I've been a practicing lawyer. I have, I, I took a business degree at Chulik before I went into law school. Why? Because I wanted, I said, if I'm going to have a business client as a lawyer, I have to understand the business mentality. Smart, smart. And I don't and, have that. Dude, yes. I, I have an art degree, man. Yes. I, I basically grew to this with just the intention of being a, a fair and good businessman and yes. having the, the smart, the wherewithal to know that I need to bring in people that can do things that I don't. I'm a big picture kind of guy. Yes. So I have people that I work with that handle all the details. I'm like, okay, here's where I want to go. This is what I want to happen. I'm like, you guys figure out, right? And it's it's a joke, you know? But, but, and, but, and, but you have the degree in thugonomics, you have the degree of, of life, you have the degree of street smarts mm. and, 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 and it's art degree, business degree, 
at the end of the day, if you're going to pop somebody on an island, can get they get off the island, can they figure things out? That to me is the leader. That's the entrepreneur. Yeah. And I, that's what I see in you here when you're saying that. And you get very few kicks at the can. The fact that you had Supreme at the time and didn't take very few of anybody can come around and still be the face of it and get that second chance. You know, you see athletes getting second chances all the time in sports, but in the business world, very few will give you that chance. And I'm glad to hear that you were able to kick down those doors. But you just don't, you, if that door doesn't open for you, try yes. another door, man. Like you, you decide what you want in your life. You don't let life decide what you get. You decide what you're getting from life. So, you know, there was doors that closed on me. Yes. Like, okay, this door, all that fucking door doesn't work either. I'm, I'm going to go to this door. And you just keep going, man. The Your goal is this, and this is where you are. In your mind, you got to come up with a plan to get from A to B. And it's never going to be a straight line. There's going to be pitfalls. There's going to be curves. But you keep deciding to move forward. You just, that's all there is, man. Success is guaranteed as long as you keep moving forward. And there's going to be two kinds of people out in this world. There's the ones that are going to see perfect sports and say, Bruce Bravo. And there's the ones that are going to say, you know, what happened to Supreme? And it's funny. If you're going to live in the past, I tell them, live in the past. Enjoy your time there. I'm living in the present and in the future. Yep. See you later. Yep. Everybody and makes mistakes. Absolutely. There's no one, no one perfect. No, certainly. No. But it, it takes a real man, gentleman, a person, human being, woman to say, to take ownership of that. There's, there's people that will go blame the whole world. Oh, Sir, you you could have gone and said, you know what? Oh, Supreme didn't take because this person screwed me. That person screwed me. But at the end of the day, taking accountability saying, you know what? My plan, I'm going to change direction. And, you know, when you were talking with those people and the people that you were able to turn around, you know, how, how, did, how did you do that? Like, how did you build that trust I'm again? I'm a straight shooter, man. I'm yeah. just, I am who I am. So like, you know, some people think I'm arrogant and abrasive. Some people think I'm humble and, uh, and giving. I, I like to present myself exactly how I am. If you don't like me, that's because you don't like me for who I am and perhaps how you perceive me. I mean, I'm not going to get into the minutia of psychological and behavioral understanding. Yes. You may have some internal issues that perhaps you don't like me for whatever demon you're battling with, but mm -hmm. that I'm not going to get involved in that. If you don't like me, this is who I am. I'm like this with everybody. I don't care who the, who you are. Yes. You could be the CEO of a, a major, major company. And like, I don't treat people differently based on their position in life. That's a thing to do. When I was talking to my production team before, and we were actually talking about this whole concept of it, and you bring up that point, when I didn't know you yet, but when I'm seeing you, I'm not seeing Bruce, you're a mirror. So all of us, when we're talking with somebody, they're mirrors. When I see Bruce, I see a mirror, I see the best me. It brings about my energy and I wanna bring out my inner Bruce. Where somebody is not confident in themselves saying, Oh man, I don't want to see him succeed because I got to admit my own failures. Sure, you know, that's sure. that kind of mirror. So that being said, let's turn it around. The name Perfect Sports, you know, Supreme Perfect. Yeah. How, who came up with the name? I Why did. the name? Okay. Well, just because I liked the ultimate achievement. Yes. Right? Supreme Perfect. Yes. I, I like that giving that goal or that aspiration to be your the best again yes. everyone goes oh, i want to be i want to be the best version of myself no you want to be the best yes. right you want to beat everybody else and you want to be the top dog mm -hmm. and again that may be a very aggressive sort of mentality but i don't compete and i don't do anything in life to be second best at it i'm doing it to be the best when i came up with my branding for the chosen lawyer you know i'm sitting with my partner we're hashing things out and he says to me as a joke we can call ourselves the pretty good lawyers or the good enough lawyers I said, no chance That's at weak. all. Not going to do it. I don't feel comfortable in it. 
at the end of the day, you got to choose a lawyer, go with the chosen lawyer and boom, you know, whatever in our branding at the end of the day, it's what would entice us. If we wouldn't buy into the product, how do we expect anybody else to? Sure. And if you don't walk the talk, you're, you're just a poser. I actually yeah. think that's a great name, the chosen lawyer. It's sort of like the chosen one from Star Wars. Like I dig that. But it yeah, can go. Man. It can go so many directions. It, it's where you want it to be. Yes, <laughs> you strive to be the best. So I can't be the perfect lawyer, but I'll be the chosen lawyer. The same way it could have easily been perfect sports, chosen sports. Mm. You know, we all can. It's all in our minds and how we want it, how we want to slice and dice it. So that being said, where was the turning point? At what point? Kept as, grinding as, it grinding, out. grinding. And then, you know, at some point in any profession, in any career, in any business, there's that point where it just takes one day. Sure. What Diesel, was your point? Diesel was the, the point, right? That we okay. were competing with a, uh, a brand. Mm -hmm. um, and so we basically outdid them in every aspect of their, uh, their product. But then we sold it at the same price that they were selling it for. So I wasn't make the I wasn't making the money. Like even to this day, diesel is still undervalued. Absolutely, for what, what it's we sell great it for. value. Even one hundred percent doesn't have to be on sale. It is one hundred percent. That yes. is the mm -hmm. the the best product out there, and um, that's how we did it. And basically, social media. We started talking to people. I, I affiliated myself with a lot of people, gave them free samples, and it was just word of mouth. Diesel picked up. Um, but for the longest time, Diesel was the face of Perfect Sports. People didn't yes. even know Perfect Sports. They only knew Diesel. Diesel, right. They probably thought it was called Diesel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> oh, I take Diesel. Yeah. Uh, who's, you know, do you know who the company is? Uh, yes. Diesel. It's by Diesel. No. But, you know, and then I had the, I was fortunate and blessed enough to bring on other people that had the same, you know, mentality and vision for the the company. Everyone who works uh, with me at Perfect Sports has the same sort of mental drive and they all see it as their company, right? Like there's, in my industry, there's a lot of owners of the businesses that they hoard all the wealth. Mm -hmm. That to me is a stupid thing to do. So I share the wealth. I make sure everyone is Love overpaid. I, I pay the best out of this, everybody in this industry. Yes. And I want people to know that we're family here. If you're not happy, I, I want you to leave. I want you to come to work uh, being happy there. I want you to know that I value what your input is, and I like my my team at uh, at at Perfect Sports. They're my they're family, man. I'll take a bullet for those guys. Love it, yeah. love it. And and so I, I, I even my progression with with the family, so to speak, because I feel like I have a vested interest in it. Because once I'm starting to put it in my body, sure, you know, you know I, what kind of responsibility that is to me. Yeah, that you're trusting me. Not not just the money, the fact that you're ingesting something that I'm making, mm -hmm. holy dude, that's a huge responsibility. And I don't take that lightly. And not only that, yeah. you've, you've chosen that to reach your goals, right? So you're, that's an inspiration to me that you've actually decided to do something with your life to be better at it. And you're like, you know, Bruce, I'm gonna try your product and hopefully it gets me to my goal. That is a massive responsibility. It's been, we've been together now through through consumption for five years. Mm. And so I've seen the growth of extra stores, extra stores, more products, lines of products. I, I've been watching this whole thing. And at the end of the day, I'm thinking to myself, we don't need to advertise here because let's say, for example, for me, anybody who's close to me, I'm, I'm making them take it. If they're at all interested and they don't believe me, I buy them the product. It's your birthday, here's your gift card, and here's your tub of perfect sports, good luck. And, it's, Thank you. and you start seeing it in my office, you see it in my home, you see it in the cottage, you see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. And my family members, it's all in their closets and all in, in all their cupboards as well. And it's funny how it grows. One person likes it, 
then three people, then from the three people, sure. it's six people and it grows. And the in everything in business, you know, people, you know, new entrepreneurs, new, new professionals, they're like, how do I make it in this world? And I tell them my recipe, very simple. First of all, you have a database, you got contacts, every single person should know who you're, what you're doing and who you are. Mm -hmm. So let's say the average person can have anywhere from a hundred to a thousand contacts. Great. Sure, sure. Once those people believe in you, they start turning their circles. All you need is one golden goose. You need one person to take to believe in you and spread it to their inner circle and you're done. All you need is really that one person. Mm -hmm. For you at the end of the day, when you're looking back at all the people that helped you, assisted you along the way, would you say there was one golden goose? There was one person that really, you know, if not for me, if not for them. Or I, not from an external source. Mm -hmm. I would say my golden geese are, yes. are the people that I work with at Perfect. It's a team. Yes, it's yes. a team, man. And, yes. and again, that would be seen as a, a humble statement. And I keep yeah. struggling with the fact that people are seeing me as being humble because I'm not. But I do believe in giving credit where it's due. Yes. And the credit belongs uh, to perfect sports, everyone involved. And listen, dude, you know, all the athletes that are involved in it, again, that's why I keep going back that I need to express gratitude. Like yes. I, I'm extremely fortunate. I have a, an incredible network of contacts and people and people that I work with. It's all, it's all due to them, man. When I, when I interview people at all facets of my operation, so I have the podcasting side, but first and foremost, my partner at a law firm. So I have to bring people in different offices and, and, and function in different capacities. I say to myself, there's a special person out there that can they come up with the big plan? That's number one. Hmm. From there, can they come through with the steps on how to execute, to do the plan, to sure. actually walk through the plan? And, but then number three is the execution. A 100. Most people stop at start. Very few people can do one of them or two of them. Almost nobody can do three of them. And you have to make the decision when you're bringing somebody on board to work with you and be in your circle, can they do number one, number two, number three, or some combination of it? And that person that could do all three, you hold on to them for dear life mm -hmm. because they're a rare unicorn. Here's another situation that I don't understand in today's sort of Please. environment. Uh, you'll get people that have been loyal to your company for X amount of years. It happens yes. to my sister. She worked for a big, big company for 35, 40 years, mm -hmm. and they just let her go. She's 60 and they just let her go simply because they're going to bring in someone who will take half her paycheck. Mm -hmm. Like, how can you be so disloyal for money? Yeah. Like, how can you, the people that brought you to the dance to turn around and say, you know what? Thanks for your service. There's the door. I, that to me is just so dishonorable. I could never, I could never behave in that manner. I agree with you a thousand percent. I recall working in a business where they let somebody go Christmas Eve. <laughs> they were working nonstop overtime, never put through their overtime. They did it for free and they let them go because they're inefficient. You're getting your work in on time, but we don't like the fact that you have to put in those hours. I know you're not charging us for it, but you're just not efficient enough for us. Yeah, we have to bring in somebody more reason. efficient. But what kind of message does that send to your team when you're letting the hardest working person go Christmas yep. Eve? You're not going to build any loyalty that no. way because they're going to say to themselves, I'm going to bust my butt for you and I'm going to put in weekends, evenings. I'm going to lose holidays for what? You're going to let me go on a whim because I'm inefficient. That's a scary proposition. Sure. And as a leader, I would never do that. I always ask when you have to let somebody go at the end of the day, when you think about people you bring in, I, the first question I would ask myself what did I contribute to this? Did I give them the opportunity to grow? Mm -hmm. Did I put them in the right? Did I put a square into a round hole? You know, did I outlay the expectations properly? Did I give them the opportunity? Did I give them feedback? Did I give them a chance to improve? There are people that if you try to make somebody into something that they're not, you know, you're not going to get anywhere in life. Sometimes 
You know, you may not get the, the, the thing you, you're hoping for from position, but you find those hidden talents and maybe you'll create a new position for them. Maybe they'll sure. help evolve your company, yep. but you got to be able to read people and to find those elements within them. And I think a true leader can do that. Sure. But there is something to be said about, you, you know, your job is to hire people for the job you're looking for. Oh, absolutely. There's a, a yes. saying, I believe it was by uh, Einstein. If you mm -hmm. try and get a fish to climb a tree, that fish will always think he's a failure. <laughs> so there is something to be said about finding uh, people's innate hidden talents, yes. but business is business. I mean, if you're not suited for the job that I need you for, maybe I can do something else with you, but for the, the most part, I'm gonna let you go. Like, I don't like people that take advantage. Agreed. I mean, there's gotta be a balance at the end sure, of the day, and it sure. depends on how long they've been there, what vested interest you have, what kind of training you've had, what they've produced. There's many considerations going into it. I will give you now the billion dollar idea that I have in my mind for a while. I don't think it's out there. Maybe you and I can develop this in the future as employers and as far as for the world out there. When you're going to hire somebody, in my mind, there's only one thing we need to do. We need to develop what's called the common sense test. And if somebody has common sense, I want them on my team. And if they don't have common sense, I have no use for them. <laughs> Measuring common sense is a very difficult thing because at the end of the day, you got to put them in real life scenarios and seeing how they react. Yeah. And in my mind, if you don't have the education, if you don't have the experience, but you have common sense, it will get you through. When I was a young boy growing up, that's all my mother would drill into me. I was like a five years old, seven years old, and I didn't know what I'm doing. She said, son, use your common sense. Use your common sense. It'll get you through life. And mom was right. I was 15 when I first started taking karate. Well, I took it when I was younger, but it was just a flippant thing. But yes. I started studying at 15 and my instructor told me common sense isn't very common. And yep. he's, he's right. You know, it's um, it's very lacking in this world, unfortunately. People are confusing um, education for intelligence. It's not the same thing. <laughs> it's it's a question of what you took in and what it's how how does your mind work? How does it grow your brain so that when you encounter real when times are good and the money's flowing and business is flowing, everybody's a genius, right? Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about real estate before we started today's conversation. When prices are going up and you and you bought three years ago, you could have bought almost anything and you look like a genius, right? Yes. The question is when you encounter hardships, when you hit a roadblock, how do you deal with that? And that separates the true winners in, sure. my, in my mind. In every scenario in life. Yes. You know, it's as you said, it's very easy to be, you know, top of your game when everything is groovy, but yes. you know, when times are tough, a, and you will also find out who is loyal to you. When you're the, the star, when you're the rock star, everybody wants to be your friend. 100%. But when you're, you know, down in the dumps, who's got your back? Who's surrounding you at that time? Those are the true circle of friends that you have. I mean, I know a lot of people. I have a very few amount of friends. Yeah, I, it's funny. I, people ask me, you must have lots of friends because you, 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 you close so many transactions and you build relationships. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, at the end of the day, I know those relationships, 95 to 99% of them, it's because I'm valuable to them. They need something. They'll say, hey, buddy, I miss you. I love you. Da, da, da. By the way, can you review this for me? By the way, can you close this for me? And I know if I can't do that for them, they're gone. I'm, they're not my friend. That's right. But it's when you're down and out and you, and you need them or you don't, and you don't even have to ask for it. And they say, hey, I sense your energy. I know you need me now. I'm here for you. Those are the true people. Sure. Yeah. Many and, people only like you for what you can do for them. And that's where, you know, when you have a team together, and, and you go through hard times, for example, in, in our economy lately, as far as what's happened in the last couple of years, we won't get into all that, yeah. but there are businesses that had to close up. There are businesses that had to, so sad. Had, to, had, to, had to, you know, change their model of production and everything else. Did those employers keep the staff? Did the staff stay loyal? 
You know, did you get pay cuts? Did you not get pay cuts? You know, and, and it's funny that through adversity, I, I would tell all employees out there and employers, think of the relationships you built over the last two years when you grind it out. And then when the good times are back, remember those relationships. Sure. Shortly. So based on yeah. that, well, that topic, yes. uh, again, in my industry, there was a few of uh, my competing customers, uh, sorry, competing companies right. that uh, dropped people's pays. Mm -hmm. They um, laid people off and I was very quick at, at the very beginning, I would sacrifice my salary to make sure everybody stayed on and got paid. Love it. So, I mean, again, that's just a form of, of loyalty and appreciation for what people have given you. And that's where you're saying, I'll overpay them. I will give them every opportunity, but they'll stay loyal. And you know, if you if you do any kind of business analysis, to have to retrain, rehire sure. every time that cycle, it loses so much productivity. Yes. Yeah. It, it, you know, in a in a profit and loss scenario, it does make sense to keep people. But I don't look at it, that, that. That's a Mike thing. He looks at all the details. For me, yes. it's just if that person is good to you, if that person has been loyal to you, I can't fuck them. I just I just not built that way. So talking about profit and losses and finishing off on perfect sports before we go into our next arena, I had one question for you. Mm -hmm. How do you pick your flavors? How do you pick mm -hmm. the categories of items? Because I can tell you I've had like some of my favorites that have disappeared. And yes. there have been others that I've been hoping it would come and they do come. And I think to myself, how do they decide what flavors and products, what's the, what goes behind that? Well, I mean, in terms of flavors that we let go of, that's simply if it's not up to par with all the other flavors, like honestly, chalk and vanilla, as basic as they are, those still are the top selling flavors. So, you know, we don't gauge any new flavor to those, but for example, there's, um, if a flavor isn't doing as well as we expect or what it should with everybody else, yes. um, real estate in my warehouse, and we're constantly expanding. We're, mm -hmm. we're now at a 50,000 square foot facility and we're, space is still, tight for us yes. so that product is taking up real estate in my warehouse and if it's not earning its keep we let it go and in terms of new flavors like we just brought out uh, chocolate cream egg yes you know we we we're constantly trying new things we're always talking to our customers not only in canada but in other yes. countries and they'll give us an idea as to what's popular or what maybe try this yes. and then we're always screwing around we have great we have two people because i own the manufacturing facility mm -hmm. right yes uh, Gen X, and we have people in there that all they do is just flavoring. And so, I, I, because let's be honest, dude, this is not back in the 70s where people are going to close their nose and take a shake no matter no. what it tastes like. Taste is paramount. If, yeah. if you don't like taking it, you're not going to drink it. So you're controlling almost all the means of the process here. Yes. Yeah. So, so you're controlling the production yep. as well as the distribution. Yep. I guess, and then do you do you, and then you're also a retailer online. Yeah, but I mean, we don't try and compete with other stores. We that's do fair. offer yes. it. Yeah, that's a big thing to do. Yeah, no, because I noticed it's very minimal online. If you really want the selection, you have to go into the store. And mm -hmm. and I and I thought about that. I'm like, so it's convenient to go online. But then I can understand that if you're if if, if I'm a store and I and and, and uh, everything can be available online, what is my purpose then? Absolutely. So, Why right. would I? And again, it happens in my industry. People yes. undercut. The retailers, all the time. Like, that's yeah. a thing to do. Yeah. So we do offer our products online. Yes. Um, but that's not our main focus. So you're right. We handle yes. everything from from nuts to bolts. We, I, I own the manufacturing facility, so we handle everything in there. We have the material acquisition. We bring in all our own ingredients. We handle all the marketing and advertising at Perfect Sports. Yes. We distribute there. So 
Uh, I have a distribution company that handles the distribution for Canada. And then my manufacturing facility sells to all the different countries that we sell perfect sports to. Sounds to me like planning, business plan, control, and there's a game plan. And the more you can control the process, yeah. the better the client, the customers, the end customers are gonna be. Well, I, I'm very comfortable. I like controlling everything. Maybe I'm a little bit of a control freak, but at the end of the day, the dollar stops with me, like the yes. buck stops with me. And I like to know that success or failure, the responsibility is ours. And that that is the great power of, of people. You said earlier that it's very easy to blame all oh, my boyfriends and uh, my bosses. I, I failed because of this reason. No, man, if that is true, yes. you should be, be able to look within and say, no, you, that relationship failed because perhaps something I did. Maybe not. Like there, there's quite often just relationships don't work. But when you take the responsibility within yourself for your failures, then you can also take the responsibility of making your life what you want it to be. And that is the magnificent thing about people. Like that's that's what's so inspiring to for me when I look at people. You can achieve greatness. I, there's nothing special about me. I just decided that I refuse to settle for being second. I need to be the best. And I just that is the power of people, man. You can you can decide. You know what? God damn it! I'm going to be the best at this, and you do it. And so, if you can take the responsibility of your failures, you can take the responsibility of making your life magnificent. Stop living and wishing. Oh, I wish I was like that guy. I wish I had that chick's. Uh, that chick's like, no, man. Make that life yourself. You grind it out, and you get it. That's that's I think a superhero power. And, and we're going to get into your story in a moment. Because that's one thing I'm going to ask you about uh, in, in line of what you're saying. Uh, one question to finish off on Perfect Sports. Sure. And, and a little, I'm not going to say controversial, but it's one I've asked you before because of, of what I ingest in my body. Yeah. The one thing I always thought was, and, and, you, and you answered it before, but I'd love for the viewers to hear because I'm sure they're asking the same thing, is why no protein bars? You know. Good answer. Please. A, diesel is a very, very clean product, right? Yes. So give me some diesel bars, buddy. I'll be ingesting all the day long, The right? problem is, is in order to have the shelf life for a bar, yes. you have to put ingredients in there that we don't really want to put in there. A simple answer. Listen, yeah. dude, I, bars are a huge business, but there's also the problem of shelf life, yes. right? They're only good for six months. So you have to produce X amount of products. You have to be able to have the infrastructure in place to move those products. Yes. Shipping is a it's the same way as drinks. Yes. Like we wanted to do a diesel RTD, mm. but again, you're introducing ingredients in there that right now we're not comfortable. Like Perfect Sports is a very, very clean brand. Absolutely. So we need to maintain that. And unfortunately, it's prohibiting us from doing certain things. I can tell you that I stand behind my physique and I tell people, you know, how do you get this body? Yeah, it's a lot of hard work, but it's also what goes into the body. And for certain. what goes in your head too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I love that. And, and, I, and I'm hearing you because I can tell you most of the protein bars out there taste like crap. So for some, the, well, there are some bars that are delicious. There's some amazing that they're like eating dessert and, they, and, and you're getting good stuff in your body. But on the same token, you still read the ingredients. Yeah, they're not. There's all, no matter how good they are, they're never the best. No, it's, they're, they're good enough wanna, if you need a quick fix because I don't want to go run to McDonald's. So I'll go grab a protein bar. Sure, that's yeah, better. Yeah. But it's still never good enough. No. And the same token, no matter how good tasting that bar is, it's hit and miss because this, uh, I bought it from here, it tastes good. I bought it from here, it doesn't taste good. But then think about uh, how long it's been sitting on the shelves, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. And also, if you, I've watched videos on distribution. You know, they could be sitting on a pallet somewhere and you could be sitting in 25 Celsius uh, weather. And then, so the heat change as far as where the, the location the is, it, that can affect the whole chemical uh, composition of the bar itself. Mm -hmm. 
So it's, it's not like it's come off the line and it's going directly in your mouth. You yeah. know, like in Miss Fields and we're eating cookies here. This thing got wrapped up, but we don't know how far it had to go and how many climate changes before it came into your body. Yep. And that's why you're seeing it. Sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's soft. It tastes good, doesn't taste good. So I, I'm feeling you on that. Or what will happen is a distributor will have short life product, yeah. a short dated product. I'll give it to you at a discount mm -hmm. and then you're going to sell it. And that product could be either out of out of date yes. or near the, the end date. But a consumer, I don't know about you, but mm -hmm. uh, when I buy shit in the store, I don't look at the date. I don't look at the expiry date. I just buy it. Yeah. So yeah, you could be getting short, uh, short dated product. Yeah, that's why you always go to the back of the uh, <laughs> of the of the section, you know, because yeah. you know, less likely somebody dropped it on the floor, and more likely you're gonna get the fresher in the back. Yeah. So that that's on perfect sports, but Bruce is more than perfect sports. Bruce is Bruce. Mm. You know, uh, we could be sitting here for days and, and telling the story, but from from the moment you came into this earth, you know, as a baby, and you grew up as a teenager, young adult, you know, Bruce. What 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 went into your life that that made you into the man you are today? What were your life experiences? You know, can you hit upon as far wow, as that's from a, a good question? Um, I don't know. I've always been driven by you know. I, where, were, where were you born? What area were you born? born? In Toronto. You were born in Toronto. Yeah. Grew up in Toronto. Yep. Okay. Went to school in Toronto. Yep. Excellent. Okay. I was your skinny nerdy kid in high school played dungeons and dragons read comic books played video games i like i i love that were you born with a silver spoon in your mouth no, were, you, were you handed the family fortune in not which you were means. created your company no nope. i had to struggle and do everything i had mm -hmm. you know if we're getting like detailed i had just uh before i started the supplement company i had just gotten divorced i was living in my sister's basement i was broken okay and roughly what year is this would you say Ninety. Four ninety-three. I used to be a bartender, so I wasn't. You know, you live many lives, my friend. So, yeah, I mean, I was by no means uh, given my life. And it's funny, you know, because I've had people tell me that when I tell them how I did things, yes. and again, it goes back to the fact that I was blessed to have people to help me on the way. Uh, I grinded everything out. I wasn't given anything. See, when I'm, when I'm watching and I see you in a McLaren and I see, you know, you photographing, you know, supermodels, I think to myself, in the back of my head, you know, I, I don't know the guy yet, but I'm thinking in my head, you have that second, you think to yourself, did this get handed or did this get earned, you know? Yeah. And my gut tells me because of how hard he works in the gym, he must have worked hard in every other fast life, but I'm sure there are people that don't know you yet and they're saying- Because it's also easy to say that he was given it. Oh, no, so I have no chance at this. Yeah, or it takes the onus of responsibility off of you, Yes. right? Because if you're like, oh, he's given it, yes. you know, I'm okay where I am. He was given it to him. He, you know, his business was given to him. He was given money to start his business. Then it sort of relieves the pressure of you trying to kick ass, right? right? But by, and it's funny, and again, I didn't even realize that, but I have been told by several people that everybody thinks that this was handed to me. Nothing was handed to me, right? You get what you take. Yes. Amazing, amazing. And that's kind of was my gut, but I wanted to hear the story from it. And then you said you went to university? No, I went to college. I, went, got to college? A, I oh. went to I got an art degree. Uh, again, yes. I, I wanted to be a comic book illustrator. I, I Again, I have a huge nerd side to me that I just love the... I, I To this day, I still love comic books. Yes. I still love video games. I love those superhero movies. I, you know, I just... It's a creative side. It's a sort of maybe a childhood sort of hobby. I, I love it. Right? But it's, and we'll get into the other aspects, but it's amazing how when what you grow up with, what mm. you love, yeah. if 
seeps its way into the Back other into realms, e even though you're in other facets. So we're getting to your physique. One of the things I marveled at is this man is Jack. And I figured we're about oh. the same age and you're about 10 years older than me. Yeah. And I said, See, I hate being the old guy in the room. You're man. not the old old man because you're, you know, people would call me Benjamin Button. You're Benjamin Button, man. You're getting older, but you're aging like wine. So you're actually going back in time. Thank you. So you're telling me that when you were in high, when you're in high school, you didn't have this physique? This no, man. I was the skinny nerd who liked comic books. You know, I started, and then I started studying karate at 15. And the okay. reason why I started studying karate, which is a very, like, people don't know this. My parents took me to a drive-in yes. with my sisters and we watched a movie called Happy Birthday to Me. Right, it was one of, it was the 80s uh, slasher flicks that were okay, prominent okay. at the time. Yes, yes. And this guy was just haphazardly killing people. And I'm like, I'm not gonna be a victim to somebody like that. And right after that, I'm like, dad, I wanna start taking karate. At 15. At 15. Okay. And I've been training, I'm 54, I've been training all my life. So I know watching on your videos that you are active in MMA as far mm -hmm. as uh, actual training yourself. Yeah. But you know, when you're bringing karate, one thing I, I, I don't notice many jack karate guys. No, so, but yes. I mean, A, uh, at, at 15, you're, you're, I wasn't really doing it to be jacked. I was mm -hmm. doing it and I was still very, very skinny. Um, so I also own a supplement company. I do yes. need to look the part to a certain degree. I would so, so I yes. do, as I, as you said, 14 times a week in the mornings, I train at Grant's MMA. And then at night I'll do some kind of strength and conditioning. And uh, so right now only, I'm only focusing on uh, boxing yes. and uh, jits and wrestling. Let's rewind that back for a second. So we're going to get into your physique now because that's one thing you messaged me and I'm trying to do the math of it. I'm trying to comprehend it. So here's a man that's running a global empire business. He's a photographer for lifestyle magazines and the man trains 14 times a week. Yeah. Um, I'm very big into wrestling. I've always loved it. You know, when you're talking about Dungeons and Dragons, for me, my, my nerdy vice is wrestling. Nice. Um, Vince McMahon, the owner of yeah. WWE, you know, very well-known guy. 76 years old. He makes it very clear. He still trains every day. With his hectic schedule, he's running two successful, you know, brands. Uh, it's already three brands from the wrestling part. And as far as all the shows that are on TV, he meets his trainer, comes to his house, 1, 1.30 in the morning till 3.30. Wow every effing day and he's up by six o'clock back at it good for him so if he, and, and he's doing that and you're but you're telling me 14 times a week yeah so how do you find the time you know i have good people that that are running my companies it's due to them that i'm allowed to train like this i have a gym at my house um i have a, a, a fellow of mine elliot who has a gym that is a private gym that i go and train there yes and then like i said Six days a week, I'm at uh, Grants MMA and I'm training there. Yes. So um, So I, I came from the Grants world as well at yep, one point yep. and, and we were training at the same time, although we, we hadn't met. We, are, our pot, uh, we were at different schedules. Crossed. It just yep. never crossed. It so happened. I'm at Vaughn Strength and Conditioning. I got my trainer, Jared Heft. You've met him before. Yes. Great guy. Yep. And uh, you know, at one point, I had five trainers. Now I'm down to my one trainer and you know, Jer Jared and I are close. He's like, he, he's my Chubbs from uh, Happy Gilmore, you know, and he's my life coach, my mentor. And, he, you know, when you have a trainer, there's a very deep relationship in that. They know your highs and lows. They know when you're mentally on, on not on, when you're taking care of yourself, when you're putting the right stuff in your body. They can tell from the production of what you're doing, yeah, right? Your output. And I think to myself that I'm stellar because I'm doing three times a week with him. I'm going all out like it's the Olympics. Those three sessions are my hard sessions. Mm -hmm. Walk me through Monday through Sunday, 14 times. What does that entail? How many trainers? 
What is the schedule uh, so look like? So I have three coaches. I have Ryan Grant, uh, Ergus, and uh, Medi. So mm -hmm. I'll, for Monday, it'll, I'll be training boxing with Ryan. And then Monday night, I'll be at uh, probably typically at my home gym and I'll do some kind of strength and conditioning and stretching. Okay. Tuesday, I'm with, uh, with Medi. At same process at night, strength and conditioning. Wednesday with Medi, Thursday with Medi, Friday with Ryan, Saturday with, uh, with Ergus. And then I train twice uh, with two coaches on Saturday and then typically at night. So people are asking me, and then Sundays in the morning, I'll do something, it's called active recovery. So I'm still moving. Okay. It's funny because I have this, this Apple watch and it, it's holding me hostage because I don't, feel, like I have this long streak of a hundred days in a row yes. of working out every day. And now I'm a yes. slave to it. Now I can't take a day off. Mm -hmm. So on a Sunday, I'll go and do like a light walk uphill for an hour. Um, I, I uh, yeah, I mean, should I take a day off? Yeah, I'm just not comfortable doing it. It's, it's, it's amazing, you know, because again, we see ourselves in one light, you know, and uh, I was very big into the yoga world at one point. I still, and I still love yoga. I love it with passion. Yoga saved my life. I was, it was over 10 years ago. I was very overweight. I, I was developing health issues. The doctor wanted me to be on cholesterol meds. I'm like, dude, I'm in my early 30s. I'm not taking cholesterol meds. He said, you got to save yourself. I decided yoga. I said, it's great. Mental, physical. It'll, and when I signed up for it, they said, why are you signing up for yoga? I said, because I want to feel good and I want to have a sexy yoga body. That's what I wrote down on my application. I, I, was, I was going to yoga for like every day for a couple of years. I was yeah. going to be a yoga instructor at one point. Me too. It's yeah. funny. I looked into this, to the training, but I said, I, can, I can't go out to Costa Rica and give you guys a month. It's not going to happen with yeah. my schedule. Yeah. But I loved it. Yoga is incredible. I came from the Moksha world. And so I, they started calling me Warrior One because I reached 395 days in a row of going to the studio Amazing. every day. No excuses. I don't want to hear it. I just want to do it and I'm going to find a way. And there's times if I can't make the studio, I'm going to do it in my house at 11 o'clock at night. I'm going on vacation. I'm at the Howard Johnson, go to the gym there, roll the yoga mat out. And there was one day I decided I'm going to challenge myself. So I made a game plan. It was Friday night. I planned out my meals. I planned out my clothing and everything. I showed up at the yoga studio Saturday morning at like 8.30, 9am. And I said, sign me up. I'm doing the gauntlet today. I'm staying for all the classes. And they're like, are you crazy? You can't do it. Dehydration. I said, no, no. I got the coconut water. I got the bananas. I got the... Uh, nice. I got, I got my little uh, medjool dates. We're going to do this. And I stayed for six, seven hours of yoga. Nice. I did it. Back in the yeah. day when I was uh, studying karate, we used to have these things called endurathons. Yes. And it was 24 hours of training straight. And literally, it was 24 hours of yes. training. But that kind of mental toughness, that kind of mental training is important. That is the, you know, the, in, in today's sort of MMA environment, people sort of denigrate the old school martial arts, mm -hmm. the karate, the kung fu, judo, but they were steeped in tradition and honor and respect and discipline. And that is where I got my never say die mentality from that. So training, and I remember one time I went out with my cousin partying. I got home at two in the morning, mm -hmm. I slept, I had to train, I had to be at the club for eight. I trained for 24 hours. I went from there to work. I had to work eight hours. Mm -hmm. And then I came home and I fell asleep eating dinner with food in my mouth. And what like that kind of mental toughness is incredible. My coach G, Ryan, he's like, fear does not exist in this club. So when you're when you're when you're about to fight somebody and their only goal is to hurt you, there's a certain amount of anxiety and fear. And he's like, you can't feel you that doesn't exist here and that sort of mentality permeates everything in your life 
if you're held back by fear in whatever manner, you're never going to get to what you want to do. There's a saying that on the other side of fear is heaven. It's true. Because if, if you let anything hold you back, if fear holds you back from everything, anything, because there's often some, sometimes people say there's a fear of failure, but there's oftentimes a fear of success, but it's still fear. Like I always say, keep doing what scares you until it doesn't. I, I have an expression that warriors never die. They evolve. Sure. Yeah. And whatever you think you are as a warrior today, you, you may get killed out there and doing what you're doing. You're not actually going to die but you decide on how you're going to evolve yourself to the next stretch. When you're talking about the whole idea as far as a mental outlook, when you're, when you're competing, for example, in boxing sparring, there's two ways it's added. You could be sparring for two minutes. If you're terrible and you're scared, that two minutes feels like 20 minutes and 10 punches feels like a thousand punches. Sure. It never ends. Yep. But when you come out there confident, two minutes feels like 20 seconds and their hands feel like they're the size of yeah. a beach balls and you're just avoiding and everything else because mm -hmm. you're just so confident. It's like, it just, the world stops. All you see is that person in front of you and all you can focus on is their hands. But if your brain is where am I gonna be next week? And oh my God, how am I gonna do this? And how am I gonna deal with this? And I feel so tired and my calf aches me. You're done. You've already defeated yourself before you even started. It's funny, I was sparring with, with Ryan a couple of weeks ago and yes. I'm like, in advance, I'm like, how many rounds are we gonna do? He's like, why do you wanna know? And it, for me, it was a strategic thing. I'm, yes. I'm like, I wanted to know how many rounds we we're going to do so I would temper my gas tank. Yes. So I would, okay, we're going to do five rounds. Okay, I know I'm going to put this much effort into the rounds and, and go for it. Yes. And so he's like, okay, we're going to do seven rounds. And then when we got to this, or even when I sparred last Friday, he's like, you know, this is the last round. So I gunned at that last round. Yes. I did, I put everything on the line. And when it was done, I'm like, okay, we're done. I did well. He's like one more round. And so your tank is empty. That's where the mental toughness comes in. That's where um, you have to decide just, we got, we got to do this. And I asked him afterwards, I'm like, did you do that on purpose? And he's like, yeah, I did that on purpose. It's so interesting. You're saying, you know, when I'm seeing you and you're saying this, it's funny. Again, you're that mirror. I'm, I'm running through the stories of my mind because I'm seeing myself in you. And I'm recounting my life, you know, and I've been in that position where I've been at Grants and I finished off the rounds and then they said the one more and I'm gassed. I yeah, have man. nothing left. Yep. And there's one time I can tell you we had to do that. We, I had to do the push-ups, I had to do the punches and then do the runs. And at the end of it, I laid down on the ground and I bawled my eyes out for about two minutes. Mm -hmm. And I remember my coach looking at me and saying to me, I don't feel sorry for you and I better never ever see you react like this again or you're not welcome here. And I can tell you, I've been beat harder since then. And I've been more tired. And I said to myself, I am never going to allow myself to feel like that again. And when I'm, when I'm doing wall sits, I tell my legs, you want to break? Break. I right. don't care, but I ain't moving. That's, that is the mental toughness that you need in order to be successful in life. Because that ability to say, F it, I am just doing this. Yes. Like, trust me, dude. There's times when I, like Ryan's beating my head like a drum. And I like, I just want this to fucking end. Yes. I just want this round to end. Right, and you just you you got to keep tough going. SOB. He's That's a tough it, man, SOB. and that and that that grind yeah. permeates in every aspect of your life. So that being said, when you're saying this, I'm thinking ahead to our next uh, arena is the perfect sports athletes. Mm. So that being said, you set yourself a standard for your life. Mm. You're saying to yourself, I'm an owner of the biggest supplement company. I have to look the part. I have to feel the part. You do. I have to walk the talk for sure. So that being said. How do you decide which athletes become perfect sports athletes? How do you? They have to. Please. They, it, it's very simple. There's two aspects and I'm going to be completely honest. Please. One, they yes. have to be, you know, they, they have to be, when you're 
dealing with an asset, um, they have to A, mirror your mentality. They have to believe in the message that you're sending. I'm not interested in paper tigers. It, it, you know, that is the most important part. We have people that have very, very few following and it's, you know, a lot, quite often you'll, you'll bring on somebody into your roster because of the eyeballs on that person. But to me, the most important thing is, does that person believe in the be great mentality? And if they do, then we will work with them in some capacity. We have, we have Rose Damajunas, like the, the UFC champion. Yes. She is such an awesome person. You know, how did you guys meet? How did that come to be? Uh, we have um, one of our associates, Brian from Sucker Punch Entertainment. Yes. He is our direct contact to, because he has a roster of fighters. Yes. So he'll bring people to the He's table. your talent agent? Uh, well, he's, yeah, I wouldn't say talent agent. I mean, yes. he's, a, he's a solid dude. Like, I, you know, he's a, I would say he's a friend. He's someone I- Shout I, out to I, Brian. Yeah, shout out to Brian. He's a good man. Mm-hmm. And um, he brings to the table certain fighters that we will associate with but we have other people that we're trying to deal with now because we brought out the the diesel vegan protein so now there's a very prominent actress that we're trying to bring to the table we've just expanded into to europe so now we're looking at a lot of the uh, european talent and they just have to mirror our message so in, in most instances are they picking up the phone to call first or are you picking up the phone to call? How does it work? Well, I mean, we're getting to a position now where there are people that want to work with us. Yes. It's just like in any kind of business, it comes down to the dynamic of power. If you have the power position, people yes. will want to work with you. If your power is weak, then you're asking them to work with you. I don't like that that power dynamic. I'd rather be the person, I'd rather be the hot chick that everybody wants to date rather the the person like yeah do you want to go to prom with me you you know you want to be that so we are aspiring to be in the position where you are drawing people who are drawn by your message by your energy and the very fact that we have the best supplements in the world i can tell you that the athletes i've seen that i've seen and, and I, I won't come up to them i don't bother them during training i've i've looked in their gym's bags the perfect sports supplements yeah. are there. They are, they're, they're walking to the talk. They legit use their products. You yeah. know how many companies will take free product, just give it to their friends or sell it online? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, I have been approached back in the day with yes. a, a very prominent bodybuilder who mm-hmm. used to, to rep another brand. And I'm like, you don't even use their product. He's like, no, the product. Mm-hmm. But he's getting paid uh, like a nicely, uh, nice king's ransom every month. Yes. So he'll take the money. I think it's embarrassing. You know, for example, uh, I love watches. You know, I'm a big watch guy. And, and uh, I was speaking with somebody uh, very prominent in the sports uh, world. I'm not going to say his name, but I told him, you know, you're a watch connoisseur and but you're repping a really crappy brand. Like, uh, is that on your wrist? He goes, hell no. They sell me, send me cartons of that garbage. And what I do is I just give it away and that's it. But I wear real watches. I'm not going to wear that. But in my mind, if I see him walking down the street and he's not wearing that watch, how do I take him seriously? Right. That lacks, that lacks honor to me. Right. To be honest, I mean, if you're endorsing a brand, you should believe in that brand. Like that, that person is a paid, he's a paid as far as I'm concerned. Uh, no different. You know, I, I remember leaving a position once where it was, it was a great position in law. And they said to me, nobody leaves. We decide when you leave, but we don't have people actually walking away. I said, at the end of the day, I, I'm not comfortable in any end. I'm not comfortable with the type of work I'm doing. I'm not comfortable with who I'm working with. And if I stay, I'm simply going to be a, a prostitute in this sense. And I'm not. So I can't do it just for the money. I have to believe in it. And as I've grown into the business world, I've realized it's relationships. It's everything, suppliers, customers, 100. you know, branding. 
It's, uh, it's, it's, it's all the consultants you bring on board. I have to share the values with the people. And if they don't believe me and I don't believe in them, I can't work with them. I just, I can't attach my name. So for example, I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend somebody. So I'm gonna recommend for somebody, somebody in mortgages, or I'm gonna recommend a home inspector because I'm in real estate laws we talked about. I, I'm not, I don't want a kickback, first of all. If I'm taking a kickback, to me, that's dirty. It's not right. And number two, if I'm gonna give out that name, it's because the person I'm giving to, I want them looked after, period. And if they're not looked after, I don't wanna give that name. And because if I put that name out there and they screw them, I screwed them right and now I'm guilty by association. So I've put all this hard work in building my brand, my legacy to have somebody else flush it down the toilet because I'm the one I attached myself to the wrong horse. What? I will not do that. That's right. That's exactly, I mean, you're not only viewed by how you conduct yourself, but also mm -hmm. who you surround yourself with. You know, my dad used to say, you fly with turkeys, you're a turkey. So <laughs> turkeys don't fly actually, but WKRP back in the day. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, you know, you are viewed by the people you surround yourself with. And, and not only you're going to be judged by those people, but though the people around you, their energy is very important. I mean, do you really, I call them psychic vampires. Do you want somebody around you yes. that is like draining you on a consistent basis? Like there, there are some people that just eke out a living. And I'm not talking again what they make monetarily. I'm just saying they just live day to day just going through the motions. You don't want that people. You want people that inspire you, man. You want people that, that make you work harder. You know, that's how I've always viewed myself. So people, uh, a couple of people mentioned to me looking at the podcast, they said to me, uh, is this a sports-based one? Because it seems like you're having a lot of athletes and sports related. And I tell them, we're not a sports podcast. We're a lifestyle podcast. Again, living the chosen life. Mm -hmm. But sports, it's interesting because at the end of the day, in my mind, even if you're not participating in sports, you need to take care of your body. Sure. You need to take care of your body because if your body's sound, your mind is sound. And that goes into all aspects of business. And I notice a lot of people, either they are competing in sports, they have a sports mentality, even though they're not. And that's why I'm bringing people on from a lot of sports arenas because I do love sports. But sports is a greater uh, symbol to me of life at the end of the day. It's the competition out there. How do you train for it? And, and your look, you know, there's that the old expression, practice, you know, practice, practice. Practice, Alan mm -hmm. Iverson, right? It's yeah. not a game. It's not a game. It's not a game. It's practice. Yeah. In my mind, whatever I'm doing, I don't put pressure on myself because if I have that one instance, I'm going to do something and I fail at it, that's fine. I get to do it all over again tomorrow and I get to be a better me every single time. I don't live and die by every single rep in the gym. I don't live and die by every single transaction. If I can learn from it, I can grow from it and I'm a better me tomorrow for it. Great. I accept that. Failure is all part of it. People think you, have to, be, just you have to be perfect all the time or not. No, I mean... And anything we do, right? The, even, you know, as great as your company is, if you're saying not every flavor is going to hit, right? And that's okay. But, and that's the, the thing, right? I mean, people are quite often afraid to try something new because, and I, I did a, a post about this recently. Mm -hmm. There's that moment of the suck, right? There's going to be that time when you're starting something new or even trying something different in something that you are proficient at. There's going to be that moment of the suck where it's just, you're just not getting it. Let's take something simple, skipping, right? Yep. I'm having difficulty because of the width of my shoulders doing the, the crossover skip, right? I, I can barely just even jump, to be honest. So okay, you're, you're right. at that level. Okay, right? but yes. you, you know, if as long as you're consistently doing something, you will get better. I don't care how long it takes, yes. but if you consistently attempt to do the thing that you want to be better at, you will get better maybe with a modicum of movement, maybe an inch better at it, but it's still, 
it's still better than where you were, man. You don't look at how far you've come, uh, how far you have to go. You have to look at how far you've come. And as long as you're moving forward, man, it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. It doesn't matter how many failures you have. As long as you keep moving forward. So that's the, that's so, the way it's got to be. So when you're assessing the perfect sports athletes and you're looking at your roster, you know, do you have certain criteria that you're saying they have to have this many wins? No. They have to have this many championships? No. They have this many followers on social media? You know, what? Sometimes. Sometimes, okay. At the end of the day, like you build a relationship, you're saying, you know what? I, I like your look. I like your energy. I think you're really good for our product. They love the product. Great. So we build it together. Uh, two things that come to my mind. First of all, if they tell you, listen, uh, I won't show it to anybody, but I really don't ingest the product, but I happily endorse it and they won't see me with any other product. No. They're out the door. We, we've actually had someone, a, a really, really big figurehead. Yes. Um, that in, in the MMA uh, community. Yes. And because of his digestive problems, he has chosen not to take any protein. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he's like such an honorable man. He's like, I like your brand. And I like your message, but because I don't take protein, I can't endorse. That took honor, man, and integrity. 100%. There's been many people that have approached us that is like, you know, I don't take this particular product or I get all my uh, calories from food, which I dig, man. If you can do that, there, there are advantages to supplements. Mm -hmm. There is convenience with supplements, but if you are so uh, diligent that you can do all your things from food, cool, no. For me, you got to believe in the brand. I don't care how many wins or losses because to me, a loss is also inspiring. You know, if you lose and you get up again and, and, and try again, yes. how inspiring that is to people. People are not inspired by the consistent winners because there's nothing they can relate to. It's the person that got knocked down, got back up and continued going. Imagine back in the day, you know, if Rocky, real life Rocky, you know, he, and in the movie they showed he got endorsement deals yes. as he became the winner. Yeah. And then as he started falling down, you know, the endorsements go away. But in this day and age, you know, we want to shoot for the underdog, the person with the charisma. And it takes a lot to even, you know, take the beats and stand up and say, I'm going to be better for it. But that being said, you know, at the end of the day, um, the relationships that you build with your athletes, you know, like how close do you get? Like, do you, are you guys texting each other, calling each other, flying no, out? No, like, no, no, yeah. no. I mean, I ha I've been fortunate enough to be able to train with some of them, but yes. because of the, the circumstances we've been in for the last two years, it's yes. been difficult to travel. So when, uh, now that things are opening up, when I go travel to see them fight or something, then I have the opportunity to train with them. And that like, that's awesome. Like what a gift that I have the ability to train with, these people that are, you know, at the pinnacle of their career and in their in their chosen field, it's it's a blessing. Think how many trainers they have, how, what they had to produce to get to there, and then now you're training them. You're getting to experience all their training. It's the levels. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, any particular shout outs you want to give out to any uh, current athletes uh, on your roster? Uh, to me, they're all champions. Win or lose, the fact that they continue to strive to be better and be great. I, I'm blessed to, to have the the entourage that we have. Love it, love it. And so as we're going now to our final topic of the day, it's interesting because we talked about the team at Perfect Sports mm -hmm. as far as how building up that empire, as far as the athletes that endorse it. And, and it, it, the, the constant theme as far as the people you're surrounding yourself with and how you're building up your lifestyle. 
And we're coming back, you know, we talk about that 15 year old Dungeons and Dragons yep. and maybe he wasn't in the gym. He learned karate, yep. you know, and uh, and where you brought that realm of your life. But the Dungeons and Dragons never really escaped and yep. the love of comics. Yep. You still show some of your old illustrations online. Yep. And now, you know, it, it's funny because people watching this and knowing Bruce Calero will say, what are they talking about? You know, weightlifting and they're talking about karate and MMA and, and supplements. I know him as a lifestyle photographer. Yes. We saved the best for last. Yes. This is quite often the, the favorite uh, topic when people discuss things with me. And, I, and there was a part of me that wasn't even going to discuss it because I'm so in this world with you yes. that I wasn't even aware of that part of it at all. And I looked and I'm like, there must be another Bruce Calero out yes. there. Yeah, that's happened to me. I, I figured it must be two guys. And I'm like, no, this is the same guy. Yeah. How, how? Why? Where? So please, Bruce, walk us through this. How, uh, it, the man has spent so much time building up his career and his empire. Where does this man have time to be a world-renowned photographer and, 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 and photographing supermodels? It, it, it was a fluke. You know, uh, I did an illustration of uh, one of my ex-girlfriends in a Star Wars sort of uh, illustration. And it's Playboy, a Slayer? Uh, no, it was a Stormtrooper. Okay. And okay. Uh, Playboy contacted me yes. and saying, you know, we'd like to use one of your, uh, your illustrations for a cover. I'm like, this who the f*** is this? You thought, and, you thought somebody's like grabbing your yeah, leg here, for right, sure. For sure. Like, <laughs> I mean, to get into Playboy is is huge, but to get a cover off the bat, it, it just never happens. Yes. So from there, um, what year is this roughly now? Two thousand eight, nine, ten, maybe. Okay, so this has been the last ten years. It's the, that yeah, part I've of been, the empire yeah, is growing. Yeah, I've been. Uh, so at this point, Perfect Sports is going. Yep. Life is good. The yep. brand is growing. Yep. And then you get this, this cover opportunity. This opportunity to, so th to that's where That's where it first hit. Yeah. For, like I had an illustration appear on the cover of uh, Playboy. See, I would have guessed, you know, you're taking a bunch of uh, uh, photographing for maybe, you know, some models in the yeah, area. Yeah, I, I did do that for the supplement company. Like, yes. This is sort of an indication of my mindset. I learned photography just simply because I didn't want to, let's say I was gonna hire you to be a photographer. Yes. That means now I have to tell you the image that I wanna see. Mm -hmm. This is the image I see in my mind. I, I need you to give me that. And I'm like, it's just, it's taking way too much time. I'm just gonna learn how to shoot myself. And so that's, I just decided upon myself one day that I'm just gonna learn photography. And I just did it. I started shooting models, started yes. shooting the athletes and on the, the side, I was still doing my illustrations of comic book characters and sci-fi characters. So yes. what I, I did is I developed a sort of uh, formula of incorporating 3D work, how they sort of do it in the, in the movies today, and my photos as well into it. And then I would, I would literally draw on top of it. And so my work is a blend of photography, 3D work and illustration. And uh, I'm, I'm, people seem to like my work. And it just grew from there. So right now I'm doing um, comic book covers and I do like that to me is just, I love it. You get, you're, you're like, it's it, 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 like to me, like being a ring announcer or being a commentator in WWE, you know, or being a, a manager for uh, one of the wrestlers out there. Like it, that's like the level and you're doing it. Like you're literally living out that dream. Well, you manifest is, what it is in my mind. And here's the secret about what I do. Yes. In my mind, I'm never here today. In my mind, if something's happening, I'm like, that's done. I've got this. This is this is done. I'm always my mindset is always in the future. I yes. I don't look at things as maybe. I look at things as this happened. This is gonna happen. And then if it doesn't happen, I I I take a look at it like, you know what? That shouldn't have happened. That wasn't the right thing. If I had gotten that, yes. it would have 
screwed up the trajectory of something else or if it would have been bad for me. I always, in my mind, look at things as it's an achieved deal. It's done. And I, I just believe that you put that energy out in the universe yes. and it manifests. You, If you're like lazy or you're just you know, depressed or sad about shit. Oh, I'm never going to get that. Or that, that, that girl's too pretty for me to talk to, or I'm never going to, man, you believe like that's a done deal. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. And, and the universe delivers you what you put out in your mind. You know, Dan Milstein calls them Johnny on the couches. You know, those people that live on their couch, go on their computer and troll, you know, and try to put negativity out there, oh, yeah, you sure. know, and, and they, they often live, they're doing a nine to five job. You know, they're not working out. They're not eating well because they're saying, I have no time. I have no time. And you, here you are running perfect sports. Only mm, perfect I don't run it. Like I, you're, I, you're, I, I, I give the direction of the ship. Again, I don't want to take credit. Yes. I, I say where we want to go. Yes. This is what I want to see happen. This is the message I want imparted. And then I have the people that make it happen. The founder and visionary of Perfect yeah, I'll Sports. Take that. So we have that. We, we talked about your training habits. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about photography and illustration. Yeah. What you're doing in the photography world alone, like that for most people is beyond a full time job, you know? Yeah. And, and it is only part of you. And again, it's how. How do you find the hours? Like, do you have? Do you ever get calls for magazines for shoots that you have to turn down? Um, I'll, I'll, yes. There's magazines that I don't want to work for. There's women or there's models that I don't want to shoot. Okay. Just simply because they're drama queens. Yes. Um, again, it goes back to being surrounded by people you want to surround yourself with. So if there's a problem child that I know of, I just don't want to deal with them. So even if Playboy calls you and tells you, Bruce. Here's a blank check. You write the amount, but we need her, you to work with her. I, nah, I, like money is not the, my focus in life anymore. Yeah. And and and, the, and everyone says that like, well, he's got money, so that's why he doesn't care about mm -hmm. money. And that's true. Once you ha you achieve a certain position in your life that you're comfortable with, then you start to focus on other things. For for, for perfect sports now. The, my focus is not on making more money. It's it's taking the brand to the position that in my mind, it already is. It's the number one global brand. In my mind, that's already a done deal. So now it's reality catching up with me. That's what my focus is. For me, the artwork, the illustration, the comic books, it's, it's like, it's again, a gift to me that someone comes up to me. So uh, there's a friend of mine who owns Gotham Central in, in Mississauga. That's where I buy my comic books. And he yes. sent me a message the other day. He's like, dude, you know how much you know, your comic books are selling for on, on eBay? I'm like, people are selling my comic books? And so I looked and people are taking my comic books and selling them for like $80 to $100. Like that's- And what's the cover on them? Like what's the list price on them? $2. Really? Yeah. Wow. And these are unsigned copies, yes. man. So uh, with inflation, we got to get you uh, <laughs> at least to five, six bucks. Yeah. I mean, the very fact that people are willing to pay that kind of money for something yes. that I've done out of love, mm -hmm. again, is a huge fucking gift. So how do you pick as far as which ventures from the photography, from the, uh, from the comic book artwork world, how do you pick which gigs you go with, who do you work with? Do what you love, with? man. Yeah. Like I'm fortunate in my life that I get to do what I get to choose to do things that I love. I, I get to choose people that I want to work with. I am no longer in the position where I have to do something. And that is a dangerous position of freedom because yes. now nobody holds you hostage, right. right? You, I don't like, no, I don't want to work with that person. He's a 
But do you ever have certain publications or certain models where you pick up the phone and say, you know what, I like your work. I, I think we should work together. Yeah. Or is it you yeah, do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it's not just not just them calling you. You still actively oh, seek sure. out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If I like a look of yes. a person or I like something um, that they're doing, I'll I'll gladly say, listen, I'll, I'll shoot you for free. I want to do something with you. Because to me, it's the it's the presentation of that image that I have in my head. It's not about the money because clearly people are selling my comic books and I'm not getting from it right. it's just being able to put in here out there and then have the ability for you to say dude i love that photo I, that picture is awesome like to me that makes my day man have you had the scenario where you drew out a comic book and spent god knows how many hours putting it together and saying you know what i don't like the quality this is not sure. me and just threw it out the garbage have you had photo shoots yep. where you looked at the final the final job and you say i can't put my name to this we got to reshoot this thing or just yep. cancel it you absolutely have. You know, I was out on the weekend with my girlfriend and I yes. saw an image that I did. I'm like, you know, I, I'm also, to me, you know, someone will say to you, what is your best image? And I'm always like the next one. Mm -hmm. So there is work that I have done that by other people's standards, they like, but in my mind, I don't like. Um, I just, I mean, I had a bad run-in with a model recently out of 16 photos she didn't like two and the chick had a mental breakdown like okay. just went ballistic mm -hmm. on me mm -hmm. you you know in a scenario like that you are subject to people's perspective people's own personal taste yes you can't hold yourself sort of hostage to the response for everybody if the masses like what you're doing mm -hmm. great there's always going to be somebody who doesn't like what you do and that's and not that only not only about artwork, but your life as well. That's why I tell people at the end of the day, look in the mirror. If you're okay with what you did that day, that is gold. That's the best. A metaphor that I have in my mind when you're saying this, and as we're wrapping up now, I'm thinking to myself, the difference between working for somebody and working for yourself is in anything you do in life, you should be an artiste. You should take pride in your work, whether you're writing 100, words, 100. You're, you're writing leases, you're taking pictures. What, what you're fixing cars, whatever it is, you should think of yourself as an artiste and art and artwork. When you're working for somebody else, you may have to take on assignments that not necessarily are beneath you, but don't fit the criteria of what you want to do. And you may have to produce work on things that you may not have the right experience or the right knowledge and doing it and have to attach your name to something that you would consider subpar for yourself. Sure. Some people are okay with that subpar and they can live with that. They're okay. And that's where they're going well, to go in life. Sometimes they don't have a choice. Sometimes, right? and sometimes you don't have a choice, but you have to do it. But the thing is, is that going to drive you enough to say, you know what, I want to control the production and the means so I never have to do that again and I can do what I'm proud of and what I want to do or am I okay with continuing that way? And, 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 there's, and, and even still, when you're working for somebody, you can also find the person that shares your vision and you can carry out that vision together. You know, I, I love companies and it sounds like Perfect Sports is exactly it. No matter what level you're at, you have a voice. You're able to 100. collaborate. It, oh, sounds, it sounds to me like it's more like this rather than this level everybody has an opinion and some and and someone may you know and to me everyone has a voice and everyone should be respected regardless of their position in the company and somebody may i mean i believe the story oh you might you know cheetos those uh the, of course the corn chips yeah the person who came up with the sriracha flavored yes. um cheetos i believed work in the warehouse and he went to the the president of the company he's like you know what here's an idea for you and Look, I love those things, man. Sriracha Cheetos. I delicious. love Cheetos. They're they're for sure. Yes. So everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a voice. And it's to, it would be disrespectful for me to disdain someone simply because of their position in the company. 
They, that guy may have a million dollar idea for you. And the ones that work for you, they, they get that voice. And I love that. Yeah, man. Everyone has a voice. So summing it up at the other day, Mr. Bruce Galero, we've walked through, you know, we've done the walk through memory story. Lane, and it's been a great story. And we certainly would love to have you back on because the, you, story, the story is still being written. It's, that's one of the things every when, day when we bring on people, you know, we're talking about a story and people say like, you know, how does it feel to reach the end? How does it feel to reach the journey? To me, it feels like you just have this endless journey until we're down there. The journey never stops and Every the story day. keeps getting written. Yeah. But at this point, if somebody's going to put down Bruce Calero and what his legacy is up till now, how would you sum it up? That's a deep question, dude. Um, I'm a deep dude. Uh, I've never been asked that. We stunt Bruce. He left the world better than he entered it. Love it. Thanks, brother. Bruce Calero, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for showing us what it is to dream the chosen life and to live the chosen life. Look forward to having you back again soon. Thank and it, and when we do our sign off, we always do our flexing. Let's see yours. Keep living the chosen life. Pleasure was mine, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Wait a minute. Are we still running? Well, I know you already hit the subscribe button, the like button to say how much you love this episode and the notification bell. So you're notified of all our future episodes but you still feel like you want more. Well, when you're ready to contact the chosen lawyers at Corman's LLP, we are here to help you. Whether you're looking to close a real estate transaction, a refinance, a corporate commercial matter, like a lease, a shareholder agreement, an incorporation, you need a will or part of attorney prepared, a family law matter comes up, contact the chosen lawyers. We are here for you. So how do you get in touch with us? It's really simple. You go onto our website, go to cormans.ca, that's K-O-R-M-A-N-S.ca, fill out the contact form, and a chosen lawyer will get in touch with you. So it's very easy. We look forward to seeing you very soon. And thank you very much for watching The Chosen Life. We'll see you back very shortly.